welcome back to Where's My Flashlight. Yay! Yes, yay! Yay! We're finally back after a long-awaited... Is that a pop? I I opened a can. Okay, the can of recording. Yes. That's what we opened up. uh, A can of ginger ale. (laughs) Because we're at, we're actually back. We're here after a long-awaited dropping off the <laughs> radar. Don't die on me. I'm fine. Okay. After dropping off the radar for quite some time, I don't know what has it been. By the way, this is Sophie. Oh, I'm Heather. Well, we recorded just last week, but before that, it had been many weeks. So we're getting uh, back yeah. into the the swing of of things. Yeah. We're getting stuff figured out. My life has kind of been in upheaval, so just trying to figure out a schedule and all that stuff has been a challenge, but here we are, Heather's, we're doing it. Exactly, and Heather just started a job. Oh, I did. I have a job. Do you want to check in first? Sure. Talk about Hi. the landslide. Oh, yeah, there was a landslide <laughs> near near where I work. No one was hurt, but it did take out a road and a bridge, and there's no timeline for when it will be fixed. So there's like a whole lot of stuff going on with that. So that's fun and exciting, and it closed down a very busy and popular visitor's center. So that who knows what's going to happen. It probably won't open for the season, but we'll we'll see. So there's just a lot going on up up where I work. A lot of unknowns, a lot of emotions, a lot of stress. And while it doesn't really affect me or my job directly, it affects me indirectly because the people who operate that visitors center all live with or next to me and so I'm around them and their big feelings and big stress so you know it does affect me in in that way and also because I empathize like they worked really hard to get this place open and now it's not gonna open so yeah and plus people might need to complain and Heather's a good a good supportive person so I'm sure they've utilized you they have and I've I've been given a lot of hugs (laughs) <laughs> so, yes. you know, doing doing my job that I was put here to do, supporting people and, and stuff. And their mental health. <laughs> but my job itself is pretty awesome. My knee is getting better every day. Even though yesterday no I went and I was like running errands around town and I did not wear a brace. Because I was like, let's see what happens if I do these, if I do these errands without a brace. And, uh, it wasn't the best thing to do. My knee hurts a little bit today, but it's not so bad. So I learned a lesson. I know my limits. It's fine. Uh, And your knee at least is no longer liquefied. It's better than it was. It's more like a gelatinous form it's no it's not liquid it's more of a gel now so i think i'm moving up towards solid 
sweet. But it's still a gel. It has not dissipated into gas, which is what I feared. <laughs> My brain, however, definitely has dissipated into gas. Uh, speaking of gas, my little kitten Marvin is really stinky. He has really bad gas, but he's the cutest. And he went with me on my errands yesterday, and everyone loved him, and it was really cute. Is uh, it normal for a cat to have gas? I thought they used, I thought that usually meant there's something really wrong with them. No, every cat I've ever had has gas. Oh wow. It's a it's pretty normal cuz you know they have gastrointestinal systems just like you or I. So Yeah, and an open butthole that's yeah. just winking at any given moment and on this, your couch or your lap or in my face. This particular yeah. butthole is in my face every chance that it gets. So Yeah. Yeah, Marvin is really into showing me his his butthole. So yeah, so that's fun. That's his love language. It is, and I appreciate it, because it means that he trusts me, so it's fine. True. He doesn't put it on me. You know, he just wants me to look at it. Check it out. Make and sure it's now okay. Now I, I feel like I could paint it from memory, you know. That's <laughs> how much I've seen it. What yeah, else? Like, do one of those pixel art products that you do with oh, the little diamond tiny painting. diamonds. I will. I will make a diamond painting of Marvin's butthole. Just for you, Sophie. Oh, it'll be so beautiful. It'll be glorious. Ugh, gross. Sick. Totally sick. I don't I don't know what else is going on. Not much to report in the dating and relationship realm, at least not publicly. <laughs> I will say that I'm happy. Aww. And that, that's all I'm going to say. Uh, let's see. Blah, 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 blah. I'm I mean, it's a nice change. Yeah, it is a nice change. From assholes and douchebags and all this stuff. So You already get enough asshole from Marvin. You that's don't, right. Don't I, don't, I don't need it in my dating life. So that's a thing, and then I'm going to Egypt next year. Uh-uh. Yeah. I put the deposit down yesterday for the trip. So those are my updates. And then there's private updates that I will give just to you when we're not recording. Okay. What's up with you? <sighs> oh yeah, you have you have a story for me. I do, I do. It and was I think too it much to be... text, so let's hear it. Yeah, I think I think it should be public too because let it be a lesson to the to the people. Yes, I, I've got to say something for the record. Do not date a feminist when you're sexist. It's not. <laughs> it's not a good mix. Um, oh, yeah, I mean, oh, it was ludicrous. Okay. I just, yeah, laughing at it is the right reaction because it was so ludicrous. At the time, I was really upset, of course. But at, looking back on it, I'm like, oh, 
my fucking God, I cannot believe it. That is ridiculous. Sorry for cursing y'all, but I mean, I guess we're past that. We're way, we are way past that. Curse away, my love. Yeah, we've decided that this is a cursing podcast. Mm -hmm. I apologize to those of you who have young ears. You should not probably be listening, but whatever. It is what it is. So, (laughs) so yeah, I mean, that was an interesting event of, you know, dating somebody who he clearly subscribed to the idea that women should, should dress more modestly no because they're you know women are somehow to blame and that uh men have these imperious urges that can't be controlled no (laughs) i haven't even finished oh sorry (laughs) sorry i'm already getting mad it's okay i love it i love your enthusiasm because yes exactly that's you love my my unbridled rage. Yeah, okay, you're just good. like no, no, no. Continue. I'm sorry. It's okay. <laughs> no, that was the appropriate answer to all of that, which is just no. That's it. But of course, there was more of an answer in the moment because it was with two people, and and of course, I argued my piece, which is that those are that. That is not true. This people have been trying to say that women are asking for it based on how they dress, and that that's and those are aspects of rape culture. Yes. Um, which, if you don't know what rape culture is, please do look it up and look up examples of it. Educate yourself about it because it may have happened to you or someone else you love, where you've been the victim man or woman or non-binary, whatever you identify with, you may have been a victim of this and you may have been blamed for it. And, and that is what this is, is it purely is a lack of accountability on the part of the offender or the abuser. And since they are not taking responsibility for it, it is getting put back on the victim. I don't know why we we operate in that sort of denial in this country, but it is quite prevalent. I've been the victim of it and I'm pretty sure Heather's been the victim of it as well. Yes. You know, we've both had to suffer Muchly. from the con- Muchly, exactly. <laughs> yeah. We, we, many people have had to struggle with this. And so he, of course that led into an argument because I'm like, yeah, no, that's not correct. And He went off to say something about, and then he got, of course, really upset uh, to the point where it was like he wanted to end the conversation. And I just kind of, a part of me shut down while I was listening to him. But then there was this other part of me that was genuinely curious how this, and maybe it's my sick curiosity, genuinely curious how this man's brain worked. Um, you know, because I just wanted to know. I was asking questions as well, like trying to genuinely also out of curiosity, couldn't help but want to understand how he looks at the world. And that gave, but in that process, it gave him an opportunity to defend himself or 
explain further because mm-hmm. that's what I wanted him to know to do was like, please <laughs> elaborate. What do you mean, <laughs> sir? And so then it led into him talking about how, you know, you don't see men wandering around dressed like that. Really? You know? Yeah. Like somehow. I've seen so many scantily clad men, like men jogging, wearing only tiny shorts. I know. I just saw one of those Men at the gym wearing just tiny little tank tops and shorts. What's the fucking difference? Right, exactly. And so it was as if he was trying to argue for there being a double standard for men. Like, that men weren't allowed to dress that way, and so therefore women shouldn't be allowed. And, you know, and of course he was talking, he just kept digging himself a deeper hole as he talked. And it got to a point where I could no longer take it. I just, my head was going to implode. There was no part of me that was curious anymore about how his brain worked because I had already gotten the answers that I needed. And I basically said, I didn't want to make any rash decisions in that moment because I was quite, I, it progressed to the point where I was quite activated. Mm -hmm. I was quite triggered. And so I just basically said, you know, we need to table this conversation because I cannot handle this right now. We need, it needs to stop. We got to stop talking about this. And then he agreed to that, but then he immediately went into, but now that I've got you on your toes. Oh no. And then started to continue to argue his uninformed and uneducated and misogynist perspective because nobody knows better how it feels to live as a woman than a man right totally so definitely his perspective is more valid than yours as a woman right and it just that that's where it goes on over into not just ignorance but downright cruelty to not respect someone's boundary even though you agree to it. Yeah. Um, and then to launch into now that I've got you on your toes. Oh, God. Yeah. And so. You know what I'm you pro- say to that? Bye. <laughs> Bye. Well, I was actually quite proud of myself because that's what I did. Good. Um, I said, oh, my God we're still talking about this because he just kept, because <laughs> he just kept going, right. Yeah. Kept digging himself an even deeper hole. Oh, and he just, and I just was like, Oh my God. Okay. We're still talking about this. And then he just kept going and I was like, okay, so you, you know, you've got to go. Yeah. We and I was know. like, I'm sorry. I know this is abrupt and I know this is, this sucks, but you've got, you've got to go. This needs to be respected. You need to respect this. Um, And he, of course, was upset and was like, I don't like this, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, but you got to go. So he left. And then after that, he tried to text me about it again. And I, again, reinforced the boundary. And I said, we agreed that this conversation should be tabled. 
And I think that it needs to continue to be tabled. You know, you need to respect this, that we're not going to talk about this. Okay, and so then, what, what started this conversation? You know, I'm trying to think about it. I'm trying to reflect. Were you out there dressed like a floozy? <laughs> no, I wish I was. You should have been because you're hot. So just Thank saying. You. Thank you, sweetie. You're yeah, I no, I totally, I should have been, yeah. I did, but I wasn't. Okay. I'm not sure exactly what, but I do know we were in public at the time that it started. So it's quite possible that he saw some young women that were dressed scantily oh, clad. Right. And so that's why he maybe launched into it. And decided, I'm not really... decided he needed to have an opinion about right. women's bodies, which he doesn't get to have. So fuck you. <laughs> and you know, what's funny is I even got him to agree to the point. I was like, you yeah, know, but that's not how you fix the issue. We've been trying to control women's sexuality and bodies for a long time. And it's not working. The problem still continues. Yeah. Blaming the women. The is, problem is, not... is toxic masculinity. The problem is, and I was like, I think that the real solution is we need to educate young men and boys and everyone about how to respect people's bodies, mm -hmm. how to respect people's personal space, how to respect no and boundaries how to also teach others how to respect our nose and our boundaries. Yeah, and you know? just because you want something doesn't mean that you can just take it. You're not entitled to every single thing you want. Yeah, and also it's not essential to men's nature that they cannot control their sexual urges. Yeah. And I even got him to agree to all of that. He was like, oh, well, that." Blah, that's, you know, he started to agree to all that, but then he just kept digging himself a hole in other areas. So can he not control himself? Is he, like, con Apparently. confessing that he is a rapist? He did not outright openly say that. Because I feel um, like when men say things like that, they're pretty much outing themselves as rapists. <laughs> well, and here's the thing. When I was dating him... He was afraid to sleep in the same bed with me to cuddle, like to have him stay over and us just cuddle without sex because of my sexual assault previously. Like, okay, so he's a rapist. <laughs> he's basically telling you he cannot control his body. He, he because a, a decent man. Here's the, here's the thing, okay? Here, I want everyone to hear this. A decent man who respects you and can control himself would be able to sleep with you in a bed the entire night. Even if you both were naked, head to toe, 100% naked, sleeping in the same bed. And if you had agreed to not have sex... He would not try to have sex with you. That is what a decent man would do. So a guy being like, oh, I'm not comfortable doing that. He's basically saying, I cannot respect your body. I cannot respect right. your boundaries. I'm a rapist. <laughs> <laughs> so well, I don't know if that necessarily means he's a rapist, but I do, you know, because I can't, like, guarantee or confirm 
he that he is a said rapist or that such a thing he has that he has done such a thing. I'm but not saying I that he has done it. I'm saying that he has he that has mentality mindset. that he can't right. he can't respect your boundary of not having sex. That the temptation right. would be too great. So he has right. the mentality of a rapist. Yeah, and that's quite possible that he not does that have he the is, Not that he has raped anybody, but, but I wouldn't yeah. be surprised to find out that he had. Because yeah. rape isn't always this, like, super violent, scary thing. It can be very subtle, as you and I both know. It can be right. something that you don't even realize was rape until, like, months or even years later. Right, exactly. Because sometimes the brain protects itself through yeah. multiple different mechanisms and then you or you later on learn something that you didn't know because you'd been blaming yourself the whole time right because then you later society out. will tell you that it probably was your fault or that you're blowing it out of proportion yeah right or oh, you, you know, could you twisting could ruin it his life you could ruin his life well fuck you I don't care. What about my life? What about my life being ruined and now I can't trust anybody? Thanks. Right. Thanks. Fuck you. Okay. Hi. I love you. <laughs> I love you too. Yeah. Oh, no, the, okay. I understand. This I'm is getting a, all hot. I know. <sighs> this, is a, this is an upsetting topic. Also, it I is. smell really bad, so that's just going to get worse the hotter I get. So let's really get this going. I bet you don't smell bad, but whatever. Oh, I do. And it has this, like, weird, like, little hint of, like, lemongrass. <laughs> so I don't, Stop it. I don't know what's happening. I smell like Thai food, kind of, which smells good, but a person's armpits shouldn't probably smell like Thai food. Yeah, but your feet smell like popcorn. But now so. also I want Thai food, so is that a bad thing? Okay, continue. I'm sorry. It's okay. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, and so then he came after, so even after the third time that I reinforced the boundary, um, that we were not going to talk about this topic, you know, cause it's like, here's the thing. If you want to talk about and reopen the conversation with somebody that, you know, when, when it's been agreed that the topic should, or the discussion should be ended even if you wanted to reopen it after that and say, you know, you wanted to explore that, what you do is you ask the person and you yes. say, are you ready to have this conversation? Yes. Is this a good time to continue this? Yeah. And that is not how we went about it at mm. all. You just went right into it. And so then, yes, I reinforced it this third time. And then he tried to indirectly reopen the conversation again later on by saying that oh I've been I've been learning and I've been reflecting positively and I can say that I'm not you know basically he's trying to say he's gotten better what like overnight um, apparently and I was like dude go to therapy oh. and at this point I was like oh really so I sent him a link. I can't remember what university study it was, but it was about rape culture specifically. Mm -hmm. um, and I was like, oh, really? You've learned from your mistakes, huh? You've learned? Well, then check out this link. 
about rape culture. Let's talk about this. Mm-hmm. You're going to talk about that. Let, let, let's educate you about it. Let's talk about it then. And he looked at the link and he responded with, oh, this is great. He said that he can confidently say he doesn't do any of those things and that he's he is available to answer questions. What? And I, yeah, like he said, like, and the hilarious part is on the link to the study about what rape culture does and what it's about and examples, it actually has listed examples which specifically elaborate the statements that he has, that he previously made. <laughs> I don't do and any of those things that I already I, I just did. I can confidently did. say, that's not me. <laughs> Please ignore all of my past behavior. I don't do any of those I things. I don't do any of those things, but nor do I want to be accountable or answer or apologize. Yes. <laughs> that's so amazing. Then, oh, my God. I know. I know. Oh, my God. Okay, and so isn't this, this is a person that you've known for a while, right? Yeah, I've and known you, him for years. And you'd never seen this part of him before, or? No. Because no. that just seems, like, kind of out of left field, like. Yeah. What happened to, who hurt him that made him act this way? Like, what is going on? I have on? no idea. I mean, actually, there was one time, okay, so. That's not 100% true. There was one time previously when this person had said something about what type of work women should be doing. Oh. What, what was that? What kind of work should women be doing? Basically directed it towards pink collar work, like being a secretary, mm. be, being in a supportive role, okay. admin, that kind of thing. And so he ha- and I had a very long talk after that. And I clarified for him, you can't talk or think like that. You mm-hmm. could have a lawsuit on your hands. Mm-hmm. And this is based off of the work that he does because he owns a business and he has hired women. And so I made it very clear he needed to understand that you cannot force women or men into certain roles based off of your beliefs about gender. Like you just can't do that. People should be allowed to do whatever kind of work as long as they are capable of doing that work. Yeah. I understand. I had to make it clear to him he needed to understand that. But that was years ago. And uh, we talked it out. And he came around and was like, you know what? You're right. It was pretty clear that he had these old beliefs because based off of how he was raised mm-hmm. in a Mormon family. No offense to Mormons, because, like, I'm sure that there's, like, good reasons for them to have the culture that they do. But mm-hmm. when it comes to the workplace, you know, that's just not, that's, that would be considered discrimination. Yeah. In any case. So that actually isn't 100% true. It is true that it's kind of reared its ugly head before it, at that one point. But it was, in my head, somehow, it was It was different. Like, it was resolved. Hadn't seen that side of him in years. Right. Like, we had the talk. He came around. It seemed like he understood. And he, like, 
desisted or whatever the word he stopped. Yeah. So this one, this time it was a, out of the left field though. Cause it was just like, it had been so many years. It'd probably been about like four or five years, mm-hmm. maybe even longer than that, maybe six years. And I had not seen that sort of thing come up with him again until that point, until this point. So he says, to go back to our original, yes, what happened kind of thing. Yes. He actually said he could, could confidently say he's never done those or said those things and that he's happy to answer questions or whatever. <laughs> and I was just like, you have got to be kidding me. I went off. I just went off. I can't even remember exactly what I said because I think I just, I probably dissociated while I let him have it. Yeah. (laughs) But I did. Yeah. And so that was the end of that. I mean, who? uh, Oh, actually, no, it wasn't the end of that. Hold on. Hold on. Let me finish. Oh, please do. Yes. Okay. So it gets Get it all it out. Gets, yeah, it gets better. It actually does have a, a happy ending. Mm. So I thought about it and thought about it because I'd been friends with this person for years. And I was like, okay, well, we're definitely done dating. And I made sure that he understood that it was definitely over. Mm-hmm. And it tied it to the behavior that he was doing, which was that he was not respecting boundaries. He was showing symptoms of the very thing I was arguing against, you know, which is that men apparently don't have control over their urges and can't apparently respect boundaries. Mm -hmm. So he very well was exhibiting (laughs) exactly the behavior that was the problem in the first place. Yeah. I thought about it and thought about it. And I was like, man, I've been friends with this person for years. Obviously we're done dating. Do I want to see if I can salvage, salvage this friendship? This person has been there for me and they have saved my butt multiple times. It's not, you know, that he's just this bad person. It rarely is. Mm -hmm. And so I actually had to think about it and I was like, yeah, gosh, I don't even think I can salvage a friendship out of this. I was really thinking hard though. And I was like, how, and then I was, and then I remembered he has three daughters. Oh no. And I'm like, so what do I do? Because there was this part of me that was like, I don't want to waste my energy any more than I've wasted on this person. Uh I want to just kick them out of my life and just say, F you. But then there's this little vestige of me that's like, yeah, but what if one of his daughters gets sexually assaulted Mm -hmm. and he handles it the way he's been handling it? Because clearly it'll be her fault. Yeah. By his own beliefs. Right. And I just couldn't live with that. I could not live with the next generation of women being subjected to that if I could help it somehow. Yeah. (laughs) I agreed to talk with him or got him to talk with me. And I'm laughing right now because he said he didn't feel comfortable meeting with me in person. He didn't feel comfortable (laughs) around me. Yeah. 
Oh, that's so good. I know. I was like, wow, what a oh. piece of work. I know. I was like, oh, wow, you don't feel comfortable around me? You have the gall to <sighs> not feel comfortable around me? What are you going to, what are you afraid I'm going to do? Hit you in the face with the truth? Yeah. Because, yeah, that's what I'm going to do. And that is what I did. Oh, God. And it took hours on the phone with him initially blame shifting and putting it all on me Mm -hmm. and that I needed to have some kind of that clearly I had an experience or was having a problem Mm -hmm. and that I needed you're just you're you're hysterical Sophie and that I needed to have some kind of safe word with him like that was his idea on how to resolve it was that I needed to tell him in order for him to understand what boundaries the fuck are what? Yeah. That, how old is he? <laughs> older than me. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Is he older than me? No. Okay. Close. Okay. He's in between us. Still. That's that's yeah. plenty old to understand what boundaries are. Yeah. I don't care. I, you know, if I was dating somebody in their 20s, I would still expect them to understand what boundaries are. Right. And not need to have a safe word. <laughs> I that's not what safe words are for (laughs) no it's really not and that's that isn't that okay 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 I oh my god I was like wow this keeps getting richer and richer this keeps getting better and better I'm sweating I'm so upset (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry do we want to we don't have to continue to talk about No, this it's video. fine. It's fine. It, I, I'm, I, okay. It's fine. I'm so, I'm so sorry. Don't you dare apologize to me. But I don't want, like, <sighs> I know you've been through your own shit too, and this can be a triggering topic or, oh, you know. No, I'm, I'm not feeling triggered. I'm feeling rage. <laughs> And just like, what is, who, okay, why are men, okay, that's just really, (laughs) yeah, it's the question. Yeah. (sighs) I know, I, I, but I, I was persistent, and I was patient, and so when he had his, when he had his male fragility, like you talk about white fragility, Mm -hmm. you know, this, in this case, it was male fragility, Mm. where he talked about how he had been molested and that he was had been a victim Mm -hmm. made it all about him Mm -hmm. and I just empathized I just just I was like you know I prayed before going into the conversation with him because I knew it was going to be a mess but I knew that I had to do the right thing and be persistent because of those girls yeah that he is influencing that he is close to but also, so, can I just say, like, it's terrible that he has been molested and abused and right. all the things. That's terrible. Okay? It's terrible right. for that to happen to anybody. But right. that doesn't make it okay for you to then flip it around and blame every victim right. who has exactly. also been abused. Right. Because that's, that's his own unresolved like, issue. Also? Yeah. Here's the biggest takeaway. 
go to therapy. <laughs> Please, for the love yeah. of God. Yeah. Therapy. You're right. Basically, I was patient. I was persistent. I prayed before I went into it to the higher power of my own understanding. And I was like, okay, I got to do something about this because I know this person is number one, ignorant as hell. Number one, they only have a high school education. And number two, raised in a Mormon family. Mm-hmm. And number three, white as hell. So yeah. I was like, okay, this person probably has not had any exposure to, because he's only had things mostly good, you know, in his life. Yeah. Most of the time, you know, and so I don't think he's ever had it. He's, I don't think he's ever been challenged in this way. Right. That's what I'm saying. And so. That's usually the case with, yeah. Right. I was very patient. I empathize because I genuinely felt it in those moments. I was like, I was like, yeah, that should never have happened to you. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry. Like that never should have happened to you. That's fucked up. And I'm sorry. Yeah. But then I just kept at it and made sure he understood. And I was like, I, I'm getting the sense that this is all being put on me. And so I said, let me, let me explain to you how things are from my my position, my perspective. And I used eye language mm-hmm. and I just made sure he understood this is the way I see things. And this is my position and why I have this position and so on. And eventually he came around and finally understood or so it seemed. And he apologized. And he mm-hmm. owned his behavior And he recognized that he had been uneducated and mistaken. And so I was like, I'm going to definitely, I'm, you know, there's no way in hell I'm ever going to date this person again. Yeah. And I'm not a hundred percent sure about the state of the friendship. I knew I went into it with the idea that if there was no salvaging it, if there was no way he was going to be able to come around to understanding what, is really going on here mm-hmm. that the friendship was shit canned as well. Yeah. But he did actually kind of redeem himself in the end, which is shocking mm-hmm. because considering everything, the way it was going, things weren't looking good for him, <laughs> but I had some hope because in the past, when I've called him out on things, it may have taken him a while and he may have grumbled about it and been a dick. But eventually, it didn't matter how many hours or how many days, he usually did come around and acknowledge when I was right. Mm -hmm. And he could see when I was right. And in this case, he did. Well, I hope he learned something. I hope so, too. I hope we all learned something. (laughs) I know. That's what I was just... You took the words right out of my mouth. That's Uh... what I was thinking, too. I was like, holy shit. And because, like, at the end of the day, it would have been very easy for me to just walk away and been like, fuck you, blog, blog. Yeah. But given that I've known him for so many years and the fact that he's bailed me out of so many different scrapes throughout our friendship and I can see he genuinely is a good person that is incredibly misguided and needs to fucking understand what the fuck boundaries mean. Mm hmm. My persistence hopefully paid off to the point where maybe he will understand a little bit better 
what one of his daughters may go through in her lifetime. Yeah, we can only hope. Yeah. For their sakes. Absolutely. Jesus Lord. <laughs> I know. What a roller coaster ride, huh? It really was. That was heavy. <laughs> but important. Oh my God. <laughs> Who needs a drink? I need a drink of ginger I ale. I know, seriously. And then um, also, I've been getting dicked around by my job for short-term disability. I'm going to be showing proof of said dicking in a bad way. Mm -hmm. And I will resign and start a new position shortly. Nice. So, yeah. Proof of dicking. Yeah, the proof of said dicking. Nice. Let that be a t-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Speaking of dicking, nothing. That's oh. private. Oh, um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Gross. Yeah. I think, I mean, is that all we got to talk, check in about? I mean, that was an hour long situation. Not, not quite an hour. But pretty fucking close. Pretty close. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't really have anything else that I can think of. jump into this episode of ghost hunters absolutely all right do you want to do case number one or case number two i'll do case number one okay don't mind i certainly don't mind we're at ghost hunters season two episode six yay at the ledge lighthouse andy andrews i just can't get over that his name is andrew andrews <laughs> And that his parents <laughs> named him that. Right. So cruel. Why? Um, yeah, why would you do that? Mm -hmm. He got excited because he saw some alleged poltergeist-like activity mm -hmm. on the interwebs or something. I can't remember where. Yeah, he, he, he saw was, it on TV. He was unclear, I think, yeah. about some of this. Where he found it, yeah. But he was totally excited and set them up with ledge lighthouse which they had a very interesting i think he was a member of the oh gosh association for oceanology or something what was it i can't remember the name of the organization Who? the organization that owns the ledge lighthouse oh, project, or Pro project oceanology that's right well, what I loved the most was the name of the guy who gave us the lowdown, which was the most British name yes. I have ever I wrote it down in big letters. Me, me too! Faxter <laughs> Tewksbury. Faxter Tewksbury. Like, amazing. It is the most glorious British name I think I've ever seen. It's so good. Um, Anywho, the Ledge Lighthouse, which actually supposedly isn't that far from race, the Race uh, Rock mm -hmm. Lighthouse. Yeah, they said they passed it on the way out there. Yeah, and it was built in 1909, 
and there's allegedly been some orbs, which we all know how you, both you, Heather, (laughs) (laughs) we know how you feel about those, and we also definitely know how uh, Jason Hawes feels about them. Yes. He's very, he's very openly angry about them. (laughs) (laughs) And I love it. I would say openly hostile. Yeah, yeah. Me openly, too. I am openly hostile about towards orbs. Yes. Yes. Uh, oh god, I love it so much. I am not so hostile. I'm open-minded to the possibilities, but oh, I so am think... I. But usually I'm not it's as... literally dust. Yeah, yeah, like percent of them are dust or insects. Yeah, I and I agree. I think what would be really fascinating would be to catch an orb that wasn't on an infrared camera for once. Mm-hmm. That would really send me kind of like into the curiosity stream. Yeah, I would be like, oh, what the hell? Mm-hmm. You know, because it's not reacting to the infrared camera in any way. Yeah. Or at least it wouldn't be if it didn't have one. But anyway, so we could go off on tangents about orbs. For, and we will. For days. Yeah. But not um, right now, maybe. Yeah. Now's not the right time as we're <sighs> giving the lowdown on the Ledge Lighthouse, which is part one of season two, episode six. Ledge Lighthouse was built in 1909, again, as I said. And then allegedly, a Japanese, some Japanese students were in, quote-unquote, Ernie's room and were cowering in a corner and getting things thrown at them by ghosts, mm-hmm. or a ghost, allegedly. And that is what Andy, piqued Andy's interest in the place, and he basically arranged to have them go to this place the ledge lighthouse and then i think that they've supposedly seen apparitions as well Mm -hmm. i can't remember was there any other reports of what goes down there there was the one the guy giving him the tour said that when he was in the the water tank room he heard like a woman clear her throat behind him oh okay but that's like the only thing he's experienced really Yeah, and then I think that Ernie, that we talked about, Ernie's room, said Ernie was an actual lighthouse keeper at one point who supposedly his wife left him for some sea captain or something. Mm -hmm. And so in 1930s, in the 1930s, I think it was 1936, he supposedly jumped off of the lighthouse ledge or the top of Ledge Lighthouse and committed suicide. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, is a sort of explanation for why there might be a residual and or, you know, intelligent haunt going on there. Right. But there doesn't seem to be any, like, history of reports. Yeah. Of any activity or anything. You know, just the, the one right. guy with the one throat clearing that he heard. Right. And then that's not um, very exciting to me. 
Right. And he did say, but of course he said that he'd seen orbs, but I can bet you that was because of previous paranormal groups coming through and submitting them to him as evidence. Yeah, it could be. That's just my opinion. Take it with what you will. But anyways, so, you know, the TAPS crew, once they get up on site and they, they set up, there is a new, or actually she's supposedly an older member of TAPS, Renee Laverdier. Laverdier? Laverdier. I don't know how to pronounce it. It looks incredibly French. Mm-hmm. She has a quintessentially French name. Yes. Which it seems like there's a lot of French people on the East Coast. I don't like mm-hmm. hear a whole lot of French last names around on the West Coast very often, in my yeah, opinion. Yeah, not Mm-hmm. Anywho, TAPS experiences cold spots, electrostatic charges, or at least that's what Steve reports. And Jay seems extremely skeptical in this episode. He he believes that the Japanese students' recording of the poltergeist activity in Ernie's room is, is a hoax. Mm-hmm. And that's quite possible because there's not really any other history or any other reports of paranormal activity that are strong enough to make the case that, oh, all of a sudden now there's poltergeist activity going on, yeah. you know, out of nowhere, out of the blue, and for for no reason. Jay apparently was fishing at the lighthouse again, and he blames Andy for the lack <laughs> of activity and evidence, thinking that Andy has been over a little overexcited, a little overzealous about about bringing that particular case to them. Mm-hmm. And Andy actually defends his position kind of soundly because he's like, well, it's not just about whether a place has activity or not. It's also about learning about debunking and learning about, okay, now we can dismiss the case that this place is haunted or not mm-hmm. in some ways. And so he makes a pretty good argument. That, you know, he's like, well, Jay, it's not all about the paranormal activity as you well know yeah but he he did kind of go into it almost convinced it was already haunted right <laughs> and that's not really the you know the the taps methodology yeah you know like he was convinced not only that it was haunted but that the activity was being caused by ernie <laughs> and that's that's, that's not very like scientific or even rational to think that right. way. So I mean, I can see Jason's point that yeah, Andy probably was a little too overexcited about this place based on some questionable footage. Yeah, but at the same time, at the end of the day, both Jay and Grant gave the okay. So oh, yeah. Yeah, because they were giving him a chance, and then, and then yeah, Andy did admit, like, you know, I probably was too excited. <laughs> yeah, I And did. now nothing's happening, and all right, we learned mm-hmm. something, so. Yeah. You know, he took it well. Yeah, and as you probably could have guessed from the lowdown on this episode, um, no evidence to speak of. Yes, but. And I can't remember if they had anything to really debunk, did they? No. Okay, I didn't think so. No, and I think the important takeaway from from this part of the episode, though, is that we got to be introduced to a person named Thaxter 
Tewksbury. Tewksbury. And that makes it worth it right there. Absolutely. Absolutely. But the Ledge Lighthouse is interesting. I mean, I would mm-hmm. still probably go check it out. Sure. Not, I probably, I don't think I would do a paranormal investigation, but. Oh. What? They also got to test out their, uh, their power backup system. Oh, that's right. Renee has a family members or whatever that own a business that have those UPS battery backups for computer systems and things like that. So if there is a brownout or a blackout in power, um, then you've got those backup systems. So you're not losing all of those hours and hours of evidence, yeah. potentially. Yeah, and, and they took them out there because, you know, they're at a lighthouse. And on the East Coast, a lot of the lighthouses are, like, out in the ocean. <laughs> you know, they're not on the, like, mainland. Like, we have them out here for the most part. Um, they're, like, out in the ocean, so they're kind of remote. And so electricity is kind of sketchy. Right. And uh, good thing that she brought them because, like, as soon as they got all their shit set up, the power went out. Oh yeah, fuse blew. About that. You know, and then they got they got turned back on. They went, found they found the breaker box. Everything was fine, but it was just funny that, like, as soon as they got it set up, like, whoops, no power. So <laughs> they got to test out those uh, backup systems, and they worked. So that's good. So they learned that, and they we met Thaxter Tewksbury. So I mean, all in all, it wasn't a total waste of time. I agree. And also, maybe I was thinking, like, maybe we should change the name of our podcast to Voice of Reason. (laughs) (laughs) No. (laughs) Voice of Hysteria, more like it. Oh, yeah. And we use the words like, like and stuff. Yeah. Like, yeah. What are some other feminine words that get often associated with the lack of intelligence or just with womanhood? Saying things like, you know. Oh, yeah. Or, uh, you know, saying, I just did it again. Saying all the stuff and then at the end following it up with, if that makes sense. I know, because it's disqualifying that we make sense. Right. It's like, I have you know, been studying whatever, whatever for all these years, and I'm going to explain it to you in a very sound, logical way. But, oh my God, I hope that makes sense. I know, and sometimes I'll have, I've noticed I've used if that makes sense at the end of a sentence to help soften the blow of something (laughs) that I'm saying, you know, which might be real honest. Yeah. And yes, direct. For How sure. dare I? That is a thing. Mm-hmm. How dare you? Yeah, right. we're going back to this topic. And <laughs> by the way, um, my cats are probably going to be up my ass. And they're already beginning to because Good. they're out of food kibble. Uh-oh. And so even though they get pay- they get fed twice a day, they're, they think they're dying. Otis is definitely starving to death, I can guarantee you. <laughs> yes. How is he even still alive? <laughs> He's possibly wasting away. <laughs> I'm sure. Aw, poor kitty. You're so I mean. Know. It's because mama's mama be broke and yeah. things. So, that's okay. Well, 
I'm sure you'll all survive. Or maybe they'll kill you and eat you. We'll yeah, see. Yeah, you can only hope. I mean, I just, you know, put yeah. me out of my misery. Exactly. You know? Put you out of all of our misery. Like, that's honest. <laughs> yeah. That's the thing. <laughs> yes. I can, I will feed you babies. Just take me. I mean, that that's really like any cat owner's hope, I think. Mm-hmm. Like, it, at least I'd be a meal, a warm meal for the right. babies. Right. Okay, so here's so, case number two, the Merchant's House Museum in New York City. It is an old brownstone building built in 1832 in Manhattan. I didn't really write down a lot of the history because I didn't care that much. Um, <laughs> <laughs> whoops, I'm supposed to care. I don't. Um, so let's see. Some of the, the claims of things that have happened here is that there's this, like, old non-operational piano that people have heard playing. Uh, the chandelier shakes. There's been a woman in 19th century clothes seen <gasps> in the hallway. You and mean I was... they alleged a actual period of time. Yes, I was just going to say, press. I was very impressed that the, the lady, Pi, I love that her name is Pi, P-I, I was impressed that she said the actual period and not just a woman in period dress, um, <laughs> but a woman in 19th century clothes, like, oh, that, a specific period? I mean, 19th century is kind of broad, because it's not like for the entire century people dressed the same. But you know what? She narrowed it down, and I'm going to give her credit for that. Thank you, yeah, Pi. She narrowed it, yeah, she narrowed it down to at least the century. A to general a period. A 100-year period of time, yeah. Because period dress, what? All right, I don't... What, which? Is it like ancient Egyptian period? Yeah. Sumerian? No, I, what is the period? It's the it's the dress that I wear when I go into the red tent because yes. I'm on my period. <laughs> Just bleed all over it. Yeah, God, that's, it's I need what that I use tent. to stop it. It's what I use to stop it up. Yeah, you know exactly. Exactly. Okay. Um, <laughs> so people have felt cold spots. Uh, some dude felt like he had been pushed from behind. And then some dude. some dude. I didn't write down who it was because okay. I stopped caring. And there's a, a big old cast iron stove that's like three or four hundred pounds that shakes. So those are the claims. Blah, blah, blah. But then when they go to set up all their stuff, they can't touch anything because it's a museum. They're not allowed to touch anything. They can't tape the wires down so they have a headache. And then there's all this, like, drama with Steve and Andy because when they go on the tour of where to set stuff up, for some reason they take Andy along, even though Steve is in charge of the equipment. Mm -hmm. And then Steve is like, hey, I should be on this tour. I'm in charge of the equipment. And he's, like, a little hurt, which I would be, too. I'd be like, this is my job. Why is Andy? Why? That doesn't make sense. Um, and so then there's, like, all this weird, like, passive-aggressive drama where Andy is just, like, well, I'm not going to make any decisions because that's Steve's job. And, and Dustin is like, this is how things get held up. 
Like, just make a decision. Like, you know the equipment. You know where it's supposed to go. Let's just get this done. And he's like, oh, I'm just, I'm going to defer to Steve. And it's like, well, you just, just stop. Just everybody stop acting that way. Mm-hmm. And it's very annoying. And of course it started with uh, Steve blaming Andy. And it's like, it's not Andy's fault. Like, it's... Well, no, Jay... it's, it's not Andy's fault. But Andy a lot of times does get this kind of like know-it-all kind of attitude. Yeah, he does. Oh, I see a kitty. Yep, he, you know the the up the acidness. Which kitty is this? Oh, it's the one that's withering away. <gasps> Odie, oh, Odie. Oh my God, he's so cute and rotund. He is. He he's. I get to use one of my favorite words in history, and it's corpulent. Ooh, yes that he is oh he's beautiful oh thank you so i mean eventually they do get it set up and the drama resolves and blah 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 nothing really happens well except for the equipment getting stolen oh yeah some dude comes by some dude again (laughs) Um, not the same dude as the some dude i mentioned before a different dude comes by when they're, like, waiting outside with all this stuff out of the van, some dude walks by and, like, grabs a case of equipment and starts running off, and then they they give chase, and the guy drops the stuff and escapes from them. But at least they get their stuff back, so that's good. That's you probably... That's the most exciting... Oh, I see a butt! There's a butthole on my screen! Yeah, I mean, it wouldn't complete be complete without a cat butthole inserted into this yeah this episode um what i think is hilarious (laughs) is oh my fucking god make up your mind cat oh no okay can you still hear me at least yes okay good because he somehow turned off my mic i don't know how that happened okay or not my mic my camera. Oh, there he is. Mm-hmm. Aww. And I told you he they'd be up my ass. I knew it was coming. <sighs> oh, yeah. So what I find suspicious about that dude, the dude, uh-huh. is he, to me, his by his garb, he suspiciously looked like a member of the the crew. What if they staged that bullshit? You know, it could have been. But I don't know. They're in New York, so, I mean. I don't know. Maybe it was staged. Who knows? It was kind of, I don't know. I just got a little suspicious. But Steve sure did show off show off his cop skills. Yeah. He was going to tackle him, but then he got away. So that's probably the most exciting thing that happens on the whole episode, actually. <laughs> Um, yeah. So let's see. Blah, blah, blah. The findings. There's like a weird temperature fluctuation on the thermal camera, but then Jason is like, that's probably my hand passing in front of it. So right. they dismiss that. And then they go to the reveal, and there's just nothing to show. And Pi is very disappointed. And it's like, well, yeah, but that's how it goes. They don't always catch things. And also, 
they weren't allowed to like really thoroughly investigate. Right, because they couldn't affect anything that was there. But they um, did get the chandelier to shake. Yeah. By having Andy walk around in the room above it. And she seemed to be a little offended that they had gotten that to happen on their own. And they, <laughs> Jason even says, like, was that what happened when the person experienced it? We don't know. We weren't there, but we got it to happen. Right. And so she didn't seem to like that. But what can you do? You can't please everybody. So. Oh, yeah. That's, that's true. That. That's the case number two, Merchant House Museum. I like that they throw shit out if it's reasonably explained as something else that it could be. Yes. You know, they they don't automatically go, is it paranormal? They're like, uh, no, that's probably Andy. Yeah. Or no, that's probably my hand. Yeah. Yeah, if it can be explained, then it's not evidence anymore. So Right. Yeah, and then, of course, they have, Jason and Grant have a, a little meeting with Brian. How do you pronounce it? Is it tete-a-tete? Tete-a-tete or whatever in French when you have a little private conversation? I can't remember. I think it's tete-a-tete. Is that really? <laughs> I think so. I was never mind. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> you were trying to pronounce it maybe like it was Spanish, where you say all the letters. Vowels. Yeah. In French, you only say like half the letters. Yeah, that's, that's true. That's Especially the if there's a O U I X or something at the end of it. It's yeah. Like, no. There, there's no. a lot. Who? I don't know. Yeah. We'll, we'll figure out. How, but they, they meet in a park, which I think is weird. It's like, why don't they meet? I don't know. Anyway. Yeah, at the TAPS quarter, like, you But know. maybe Brian didn't feel comfortable going there because he is pretty much there to tell them that he's not coming back. So mm -hmm. maybe he'd be too uncomfortable at the office. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know. But basically, Brian is in a toxic relationship Grant is like, I've seen you break up with her, like, three times. And, like, just on a previous episode, they were like, he's only been with her for a couple months. And it's like, man, if you're breaking up three times in a couple months, mm -hmm. run away. Get out. And well, then, and, and also then Brian has issues with honesty. She's mad too. about not having family time after a couple months. Like, dude, listen. <laughs> Family time. Oh, okay. That. Oh, okay. So, uh, yeah. Basically, the update is that Brian is all screwed up, and he would rather fix it with his toxic girlfriend than fix it with Taps, and so he is walking away from Taps. So that's their their little update with little Brian Harnois. Yeah. And I mean, I kind of get it. I've been there. I've been in that position. I've had some pretty toxic relationships myself. So I really can't judge. Right. But, but ghost hunters? You gonna walk away from ghost hunters? For yeah, for like a two-month relationship with some person who's like, I, I don't want you to go on trips because you're going to cheat on me. You're not having family time in our two-month relationship. 
Yeah, and who knows, maybe she has kids or something, and so maybe that's what she's kind of alluding to. Right, but it's been two months, and if you are exposing your children, I I just, I, okay. (laughs) Yeah, I know. It's very problematic on so many levels, and I don't know know the whole situation, so I don't want to get into it, but from what I do know, it's like, run, get out. Right, and I'm sure he does eventually. Yeah, but spoiler, spoiler alert, he does. He does. He does kind of get his shit together. Yeah, so that's that episode. Not very eventful, but you know, whatever. They can't all be eventful. But I do have a story from my friend Melissa, so now we're going to try to listen to that. When I was young, my cousin and I were very close in the same grade, basically like sisters, spent a lot of time with each other, and I spent a lot of time at her house. We grew up in Denver, and her house, apparently, according to the neighbors, the person that lived there prior to her family moving in had committed suicide in the basement of her home so we didn't know this I guess as we were younger playing with the Ouija board in the house that was quite old it it was like the old Ouija board that has a a nail and a piece of plastic in the moving piece I don't know what that game piece is called but the the thing that moves on the board and I don't know where it came from but it was in the closet with all the games so we're probably like nine or ten and we played with it frequently and it moved it was weird but there was this one instance where I don't even remember like who we were talking to but her and I and her sister who was four years younger than us were, were playing with it and it was moving on the board and all of a sudden So the game piece stayed on the board, but the little plastic piece with the nail in it popped up, flipped up, like in the air, flipped around and then landed with the nail up, like facing upwards. And we were like, like, you know, 10 year old kids, like, uh, what? I think we put it away that day. (laughs) It was was very, very frightening for us. I'm sure we probably played again. I don't know. I'm thinking of this other instance with the Ouija board where the thing was prior to this we were in her bedroom it was a like a tri-level house so you walk in and it's a living room and kitchen on the like main level and then you go upstairs and all the bedrooms were up there and then you go downstairs and there was a family room and a, a bedroom down there which is the room where the the said horrible experience happened with the person that lived there before so we were upstairs in her bedroom and that bedroom wall met the kitchen so we were home alone and we were doing the Ouija board and there was like a really loud knock on the wall as we were doing it and we both just like stopped her sister wasn't there that time but we both stopped and we were like what like what was that and you know we just instantly you kind of run around and look like who's home her dad was just playing a trick on us something something but no one was home so so those were the instances that happened in that house I don't I don't know. 
the Ouija board nail flipping up thing, like that's frightening to me. Yeah. <laughs> really scary. Yeah. And when you're young, you know, as as I've gotten older and you have those experiences, you try to scientifically explain it away. Like you sort of try to think, well, that's not how that goes, but I don't know. I have another story. I mean, there was many things that have happened more in my younger life. I think as I got into my 30s, I didn't experience or haven't experienced much. I'm now in my 40s. But but in my early 20s, I was shacking up with a boyfriend in like a one-bedroom home built in the early 1900s. The laundry was downstairs, and so I was going to go downstairs to change from the washer to the dryer. Again, I don't know if I said I was home alone, but the stairs were kind of steep. It was like this old, you know, it's an old house and it's like the stairs weren't like a typical, you know, house stairs, sort of like steep, almost like a ladder, but not quite that drastic. And I was at the top of the stairs and I had this vision that I was being pushed down by an older man, like, by a, it, okay, so I just like had this thought in my head, and so I continued to walk down the stairs, and then all of a sudden I fell down the stairs. It was Yikes. weird. I I sat there and I actually cried because I felt like I had just experienced like experienced something that had happened there before. If mm-hmm. that makes sense, mm-hmm. that one, and I somehow maintained and composed myself to go and change the laundry, and then I went back upstairs and I left the house. I was like, that's so weird. And then I was just kind of thinking. Um, before our conversation, I was trying to think of just like a few of the good ones that I wanted to share. So I have one more that sort of like, I guess I would call it clairvoyancy or something. I don't know. I had I had a dream where someone close to me that passed away had visited in the dream. My aunt, who is actually the, the mom of my cousin, who I was very close with growing up, passed away from COVID in 20. 21 early 2021 and a few months later I had a dream with her in it and we were riding in a car and she was just talking about how she was with the love of her life and his name was Randy and we were I don't know we were driving in the country somewhere and I didn't like think much about it I was like oh she visited in the dream it's really nice she's kind of telling me she's at peace or she's happier what you know she's okay the next day I texted my aunt and I was like do you know like did Tammy ever have a boyfriend named, cause you know, my aunt was married and not to Randy. I asked my aunt, my other aunt, if he was, or she had ever been like had a boyfriend named Randy or she, I, and my aunt said, I, I don't know. I'll ask around, you know, I'll ask her friends or something if I see them. So about a week later, my, my other aunt texted me back and she says, Oh my gosh, Tammy dated somebody named Randy miller in high school she, she like really loved him so you know something weird and i was like what like i wouldn't know that information how would i know that information and my aunt was just like i happened to run into her friends and they said yeah randy miller from this place anyway so that was weird there's yeah. more to that story but again i'll tell you that <laughs> yeah. that one's really crazy too it makes your mind go like wow there's something else out there that's not I don't know, three-dimensional or whatever, wherever Mm -hmm. we are. (laughs) Anyway, those are my stories. And the moral of the story is do not play with Ouija boards. (laughs) They are not a game. 
yeah, I feel like we have learned that, and it seems like Melissa learned that, but yeah, thanks, Melissa, for sharing your stories. Those were pretty interesting. What do you think, Sophie? Terrifying to see a vision of an older man pushing you down the stairs and then getting pushed down the stairs. Fuck that. Yeah. Yeah. That'd that's be really like scary. Getting a, That's like, you could. she could have died. Yeah. She could have got her neck broke. I mean, that's... She literally could have been the first person history recorded die, died from ghost. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's crazy. That is crazy. Yeah, she's had some pretty spooky experiences. Yeah, like she's had some seeing objects move. I think that that's more rare than, in my opinion, than when you, like, hear things or see things, you know? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, and her dream with her with her aunt telling her that she's with Randy and then finding out that she actually did have, you know, like a a young love named Randy, like that's so sweet. Oh. And it Yeah, like, that's true. I don't know. It to me it makes the like it makes it more real, like legit. Like she really did visit. Absolutely. I agree. And also that was kind of weird for me because for some reason at that part of the recording, I started to experience some deja vu. Oh, that was kind of weird. Not really sure where that's from That is weird. or what it, or what it means or anything. It could just be that I'm recording something, filing something away as, as a memory and so I'm experiencing it as a memory at the same time. Mm-hmm. It's quite possible. Yeah. But yeah, that was weird. I was like, I've heard this before, but where have I heard it from? Because I don't think I know her. No. Maybe I told you about it. Could be. Who Who knows? But anyway, thank you, Melissa, for your yes. stories. And remember, listeners, we, we love to hear your stories. So email us at hofi70362 at gmail.com or message Absolutely. us on our Facebook page. Uh, either way, we'll get it and we'll read it and that'll be awesome. So Yes. Yeah, and like us on Facebook and subscribe to our podcast on whatever, wherever you listen to podcasts. Right, and if you become a member, if you if you donate to us, you know, that would be much appreciated. That's what helps keep this show alive and going and yes. helps us get, get neat things that we need, like recording equipment and so on to keep yep. the show going. Heck yeah. So, yeah, but thanks for listening. And Sophie, is there anything else that you need to, to add to the end here? We're going to love you. We're going to miss you. We are indeed going to love you and going to miss you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, bye. Bye.